Hello everyone and welcome to Nisa Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor and for today's episode we gotta start the show with recapping all the drama that happened since our last episode in Arizona with Valley Night FC. So I will share my thoughts on that whole situation. We're also going to recap week nine matchups in Nisa this past weekend. I will share my thoughts on that as well. Recap, of course, the latest news around Nisa and Nisa Nation. And of course, for my final thoughts, I'll share about my experience at Stewart Field at IIT, where Chicago House AC played their first match in the Midwest Premier League. And I will also preview a midweek matchup in Nisa on Wednesday as we got the Michigan Stars hosting Bay Cities FC. So stay tuned because I got an exciting show coming right up just for you. How's everybody doing? I know it's been a week or so since my last episode. I was pretty busy last week, guys. I was working every day between the Cubs and my other job at Under Armour, keeping me very busy. So I, I literally had no time last week to try to get a show in. But today, on Monday, May 23rd, I'm off. So I got all day to get a show in. So I am going to recap everything that's happened in NISA since our last episode back on May 13th. Now, normally you guys know I start the show with recapping the weekend games and the news and final thoughts and all that stuff. However, of all the drama that happened in Arizona within the last week or so since our last episode, I'm going to start the show with that and talk about Value United FC. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard by now what happened, but in case you didn't know, Value United FC was caught in committing severe roster violations and was forced to forfeit their first six matches they played in NISA so far this season. I know they did play a match this weekend. I'll get to that in a minute. But that's what happened. And I will share my perspective on that whole situation in a bit. But it was kind of weird last week. So last Tuesday, NISA and Valley United FC had released a statement a joint statement saying that they were working on internal roster issues with the club and that Value Night FC's ownership has been proactive with the league. Now, when they first posted this last Tuesday, we're thinking, oh, this, this can't be good. And after what happened last month with AC Syracuse Pulse and that whole situation, you're like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> but two days later, we got the, the whole story on what happened Within those 48 hours between Tuesday and Thursday last week, there was all kinds of rumors going around on social media. Now, I figured it was probably related to the visa issues that we've been hearing about with Value United FC, but wasn't sure on exactly what happened. But once both Value United FC and NISA released the statement on the investigation and their findings and everything, I was like, wow, this was a lot more deeper on this issue than I thought it was going to be. And, of course, protagonist soccer, uh, their writer, Michael Batista, he shared his insights on what he found on his article, Trouble in the Valley, that was posted. And shout out to Michael Batista. Did a really good job breaking everything down and everything. 
All right, so let me just give you a brief breakdown on Michael Batista's article here on what he referenced on what happened, and then I'll share the league's presser a bit, and then I'll share my thoughts after all that. But basically, Value United FC had played six matches in NISA prior to this investigation. They hadn't played in two weeks, and uh, they were found to have committed multiple severe roster violations, including falsifying immigration documentation and improper classification of player statuses. We had heard rumors on social media that some of those players were playing on tourist visas instead of like a work-related visa that would allow you to play professional soccer. The club also had too many players that could be considered amateur on their roster for multiple games. And the coaching staff, they were paying multiple amateur players under the table in cash, which is crazy. You, you wouldn't think you would see something like that in a professional team, but this did happen. And there were multiple players uh, that presented both NISA and the U.S. Soccer Federation with falsified green cards and what that does is that would count them as domestic players and would allow them to work in the u.s illegally now there have been some ramifications for all this and because of that both the team's head coach adrian gaitan and their general manager yuval rakeman have resigned from the club. Now, the players that were involved were released from the club. Now, Nisa, they posted on their press release that it was six players in total that were released, but I believe when I checked on Michael Batista's article at the time, only four players that I saw there were referenced. He referenced uh, midfielder Sebastian Contreras, defender Robin Lafarge, goalkeeper Javier Almeido, and defender Daniel Herrera. So those are the four players that were mentioned in his article on who was released. Now, what Nisa elected decided to do is make Value United FC forfeit all those matches because technically date for all those games, they use players that weren't eligible and falsifying green cards and you got the IRS and Homeland Security and all these people involved. Like, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And the owner, Troy Pierce, was initially not made aware of this, but he did some of his own investigation and found out, questioned the coaches about why some of these players being played in cash and their credit disparity on some of these charges and why one of the players had to go home to get another visa when he's considered an amateur player. And once he was informed of all the information, he reported it to the league. So the league came down and made them forfeit all their matches, which when we initially heard his news broke last week. I kind of figured with everything I was seeing on social media, what I was hearing, that was most likely going to be the, 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 the scenario that they were going to have to forfeit those matches. It, it sucks for that team. If you were a fan of Value United FC, but 
you gotta have transparency, honor code, all that kind of stuff. And you know, can't cheat, can't cheat. So it's a bummer by nine FC that you're essentially starting over again, but at least now they have to try to see if they can get their season back on track. Now, Michael Batista did mention in his article that former New Amsterdam FC head coach Eric Winalda is now involved with the club as a consultant to kind of help guide them through this situation. And Danny De Alvera has been named the interim head coach for the club moving forward. He had previously coached Valley United FC's under-23 team, and he also played in Nisa Nation last year. So what is Valley United and Nisa doing now to help his club move forward? When Nisa posted in their statement that they are that they are reviewed all current players' documents of registrations, they've entered into an agreement with a nationally recognized payroll processing firm to ensure proper payroll methods moving forward. They've restructured all current players to have taxable payments. They've secured the proper personnel to do background checks on all hiring moving forward. And two organizations also are cooperating with the IRS and Homeland Security. And Nisa also mentioned in their press release that the team has solidified their roster and they will be able to continue their season. As I mentioned earlier, they had to forfeit all their Nisa matches they had played prior to this weekend's game against Albion San Diego. So Nisa has said the club has solidified their roster. The standings has been updated to where Value United now has no wins, no draws, and six losses. And their score differential is now at negative 18. And that the club has accepted the punishment and will comply and cooperate with all authorities' ongoing investigation. And that the club will be working under a spirit of transparency clause. And now that's the breakdown that's happened with Valley United FC over the past week. Now, look, for, for Valley United FC, I understand it looks very bad. I mean, really, really bad. But you got Troy Pierce, the owner, who took accountability, reported to the league, and that 10-day deadline. And Nisa, to their credit, you know, they posted an update two days after their initial statement, which – is great. We normally don't see that. And they literally broke down exactly what happened, their ramifications, what they did, which led their head coach and the GM go, what they're doing now to help the club move forward. And the club got punished, which they had to forfeit their games. And they're taking accountability now moving forward. And I think for Nisa, that's at least a, a, a positive step. It didn't drag on, which is what I initially thought was going to happen. Like, oh, we're going to probably wait a month or so before we find out what really happened. But didn't have to wait that long. And that's that's good on Nisa's part moving forward with Valley Night FC. And hopefully they've learned their lesson and try to get their season back on, on, on track. And But, yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on – that situation and look the short term yeah it looks bad but hopefully long term they learn a lesson from it and look you even had teams like cat united strikers fc and getting on the banner with Pat united fc 
because I saw on Twitter that Nisa Imperialism, at Imperialism Nisa, he changed the Value United FC logo to now the Homeland Security logo. And uh, I know someone on Twitter had suggested that. And Cal United Strikers, they chimed in basically saying, that Homeland Security Derby is going to hit different. So Cal United Strikers FC, you know, wasted no time getting in the action on that one. And uh, I'm not sure how the other teams feel about the whole situation. But like I said, hopefully Value United FC has learned a big lesson out of this and can hopefully move forward. And that's to be determined. We, we don't know how this is going to play out the rest of the season now. But hopefully Value United FC and getting that change in transparency and now that you have Eric Ronaldo involved trying to help him get through this and have an interim coach, hopefully they'll get, be able to get through the rest of the season and build for year two for those guys. Now let's get into recapping week nine. All right, let's recap all the action happened in week nine. We had three matches in Nisa this past Saturday. So let's start with Maryland Bobcats FC hosting Bay City's FC. Now, Bay City's FC stunned the Maryland Bobcats, beating them four to one, which is just crazy, crazy. You think Maryland Bobcats FC after going to this match? on a two-game losing streak, being back home, that they'll be able to bounce back. But it was not meant to be. Bases FC scored early in the sixth minute with a goal from Andres Jimenez getting his first goal as a member of Bay City's FC. You know, the Bobcats, throughout the first half, they just kept making mistakes, turning the ball over all throughout the first half. And... Well, another thing I think was a game changer was their goalkeeper, Felix Anan. He looked to be kind of pulling his leg. It was like around the 17th, 18th minute because he went down. So he went off the field. The coaching staff retaped that right leg. He tried to go back out there. But after a few minutes, he told the coach, hey, I got to come off. It's uh, – my, my right leg's not feeling great. So I'm not sure what happened on that play. We don't know uh, what injury it is. You could speculate hamstring or, or something along those lines. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. And we can see Felix Anand back on the field soon. But he had to come out of the game. And their backup goalkeeper, Christian Kolker, was uh, subbed into the game. And then, despite all that, Maryland Bobcats did get an equalizer in the 33rd minute. Bernardo Mahano scored the, his first goal for the Bobcats to tie the game 1-1. But two minutes later in that match, Edson Cardona scored to put bases back in front 2-1. And then Josiah Romero would add another goal just before halftime to put Bay City's FC up 
three to one. And for Maryland Bobcats FC, you're, you can just see it on the f- the field that their heads are down, energy's not there. They look like they were going to give up in this game, but they had another half to play. And in the second half, this team, I know Elijah Amo and Darren Espinal were dealing with injuries, but Elijah Amo did make his return, and he played in the second half. He, he came on as a substitute, but just didn't see that energy boost from Maryland Bobcats FC. Brandon Clegg, he had a good chance. He had a, a header in the 62nd minute, but missed it. And next thing you see, a Bobcat defender slipped, and then Cardona was able to capitalize on that mistake and scored his second goal of the night to put Basics up four to one. Now, now the announcers for Maryland Bobcats FC said they haven't seen Maryland Bobcats play this bad in in a while, and. They just didn't have the energy out there, motivation to try to believe themselves back in the game. And on top of that, they kept turning the ball over, making mistakes. And they had opportunities throughout the second half to try to get back in it, but couldn't finish. And in the end, the result was Bayside's FC winning 4-1 to over Maryland Bobcats FC. For the Maryland Bobcats FC, they have now lost three matches in a row. They've only scored three goals while giving up seven goals in their last three matches during this losing streak. Maryland Bobcats FC will now be off for two weeks. Their next game won't be until June 4th when they travel to take on AC Syracuse Pulse. For Bay State's FC, and this was the other thing I found that was crazy about this game, they only had 14 players that traveled to Maryland. For this game, 14 players. Oh, they're starting 11 and three substitutes. That's what the announcers were saying during the broadcast. And they crushed Maryland Bobcats four to one. Like, that's just crazy. Now, I did see on Twitter that Bay City's FC posted, or posted, I should say tweeted. Let me get my social media things right here. <laughs> that, uh, they, po- they tweeted on there that they was a great win, long drive, short stay, got the win, on to the next match. It was something along those lines. And I was like, wait a minute. So Maryland, I'm sorry, Maryland, Bay State's FC, they drove to Maryland? Like from California? Really? Like, wow. And they crushed Maryland Bobcats FC. Wow. But I know they'll drive from Maryland to Michigan because that will be their next opponent. That won't be a hopefully too long of a drive, at least compared to what they did from California to Maryland. But, and I think they play Chattanooga. Yeah, they do. They play Chattanooga on the 28th. So yeah, Bay City's uh, on the road again for this road trip. But Bay City's, especially after everything that's happened with Valley United FC, Bay City's is now in second place, only behind Cal United Strikers FC. So Bay City's, after kind of getting through uh, their couple matches early on, figuring out how to score goals and stuff, now they're in this race 
in the wild, wild west, as I like to call it, because the West Division in NISA, it's going to be some exciting stuff, especially as we get deeper in the summer and into the fall before the playoffs. So looking forward to that. But let's talk about the next matchup, guys. Flower City Union taking on Chattanooga FC. Chattanooga FC dominated this match, winning 5-1 over Flower City Union. Now, Marcus Nagelstad, clearly the star of this game. Four goals. Wow. And uh, he scored the first goal of a free kick, okay, in the 12th minute. Then two minutes later, he finds a wide-open Ian Cero, who just tapped the ball in. And for Ian Cero, he got his second goal of the season to put CFC up 2-0. So Nagels thought he would get another goal in the 34th minute to put CFC up 3-0. Then, four minutes later, he would get his hat trick in the 38th minute, this time with an absolute volley to put CFC up 4-0 on Flower City Union. Now, Flower City Union did get one back, with an absolute rocket from Sunil Veracone. Wow, in the 39th minute. W- what a goal from Veracone. And Flower City Union, they were down 4-1 to one at halftime. Now, in the second half, Flower City Union did have some chances to score, but couldn't bury those chances. And then there was a foul in the box from Flower City Union against Chattanooga FC. Marcus Nagelstad goes to the spot and converts his penalty kick to put CFC ahead 5-1. to one. And that was the final score of that game. Chattanooga FC, they avenged their earlier loss this season to Flower City Union at Fort Finley last month. Now, Chattanooga FC, again, after what we saw at Valley United FC, they were in the bottom of the East Division, now... They're right up there, right on Maryland Bobcats FC's heels. Because now Maryland Bobcats FC only has a one-point lead over Chattanooga FC. And Chattanooga FC and the Michigan Stars, who are right below Chattanooga, they have games in hand over Maryland Bobcats FC. So the Bobcats are a little nervous right now. But they have to wait a couple weeks before they get back in action. While Chattanooga FC... And Michigan Stars are going to get pretty busy these next couple weeks. And for Marcus Nagelstad, he is now the top goal scorer in NISA with five goals. So he's on pace for the Golden Boots for the 2022 season. So it's great to see Chattanooga FC back. And, hey, Coach Ron Underwood, this is what they expected to bounce back after a tough year last year. And, Hey, now they're back in the race. They're in the East Division, and now they have a chance to take the lead in the East Division and maybe push to get that by to the semifinal round in the NISA playoffs down the road. So let's see if CFC can do it. Now, for the final match this past weekend, Valley United FC taking on Albion San Diego. And it really stinks that 
there was no stream for this game because one thing I would want to know is out of everything Value United FC has gone through the past week or so, how this team is going to respond, you know, interim coach now, change the approach kind of thing, how the fans are going to feel kind of thing. And we couldn't see any of that because there's no stream. Now, Nisa posted it on – there I go again. Nisa tweeted that due to technical difficulties at Bell Bank Park in Mesa, Arizona, there will be no live stream. And they will post updates. But all I saw on their Twitter page was the halftime score and then the final score. So I was following the Value United FC Twitter page for Vega Bond Supporters Group. That's the supporters group for Value United FC. They post a few updates, kind of let us know what's going on. Shout out to those guys, by the way. And the match ended in a 1-1 draw. Steven Elias scored the first goal for Value United FC. As awkward as that sounds, but after the forfeit matches, this is now their... First goal in Nisa. And for Albion San Diego, Gadam Say, he scored the equalizer for Albion San Diego to tie the match at 1-1. And that is how the match ended. So that is your weekend recap for week nine in Nisa. Now, let's get into the news. Let's get into the news around Nisa, and I'm going to briefly recap all the news that's happened since our last episode. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the last episode we did was on May 13th, and on that same day, Nisa announced a new affiliation, this time across the border in Mexico with Liga Profesional de Fútbol Mexicano, also known as LPF. Now, I did some research on this league. They were part of the UPSL MX system. I think that was the the Mexican league in UPSL. And now they're partying up with uh, NISA. And I found that pretty interesting. Now, what NISA posted the pressure was that this deal will propel NISA to play international matches uh, strategize, you know, new uh, ways to kind of expand football across both the U.S. and Mexico, and of course, share sponsorships. Nisa will announce more developments in the coming months. Now, when I first saw this, I was thinking, are we going to have some more friendlies, or is just going to be a big deal about nothing? I'm wasn't sure what to think about it, but uh, just kind of put my Spin on things, you know, I would expect that you could see some NISA teams at some point play teams involved in uh, the LPF for some friendlies. But what also came to my mind is what about the NISA Independent Cup? Could we see some of these Mexican clubs play as part of that competition? Or could we see another version of similar we see with MLS with the Leagues Cup where and the Campiones Cup where they have MLS teams take on 
the Liga MX teams, could we see something like that in NISA? I do recall back in March when I interviewed Brian Sykes from the Savannah Clovers FC, he did mention to me that's one that he would like to see NISA try is a, their own version of a League's Cup. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but NISA said there'll be some more developments to announce soon on this partnership. So let's wait and see what else they have in store on this. So stay tuned. Now, speaking of affiliations, NISA Affiliate League, the Southwest Premier League, they announced an affiliation agreement with the Central Valley Premier League. Clubs from Sacramento and Fresno will be involved and the Central Valley Premier League will be directly affiliated with the Pacific Premier League based in Northern California to promote players and clubs throughout the NISA pyramid. Now, NISA Nation side, Allentown United FC, they announced their partnership with Paris Saint-Germain Academy in Pennsylvania, and that club is Elise Allentown United. Now, with this partnership between Elise Allentown United and Allentown United FC, almost got a tongue twister in there, <laughs> this will help develop players and collaborate between these two sides to see their players and coaches learn the PSG methodology in order to coach the youth in the Lehigh Valley. Now, I know Valley United FC is not the only team that's had some issues in the Nisa Spear. Boston Athletic FC, this was another team we know they're in Nisa Nation that announced that they have had some issues as well. Nisa Nation, they announced last week on May 17th that Boston Athletic SC will be forfeiting their final seven matches of their season in the Northeast region. The league has been in communication with the club and after being informed of their current situation, uh, both sides agreed that they will announce whatever happened down the road and the league appreciates that Boston Athletic SC has exhausted all their scenarios to try to remain the league. So I'll read a quote here from the managing director of Nisa Nation, Jonathan Rednauer. Quote, Boston Athletic have been good partners throughout the season. They informed us of the current situation they were in and made this decision with the respect of the other clubs and league in mind. End quote. Now, Boston Athletic, like I mentioned, they will publicly address the details when the moment is right for them. And Jonathan Rednauer, he added that we would be happy to welcome the organization back once it regains its operational footing and brings their league status up to good standing. We have to move forward and focus on the remaining matches on the schedule and ensure our Northeast clubs have a smooth finish to their spring campaigns. And that the remainder of Boston Athletics, seven games will be resulted in three nil losses. Flower City Union, they announced that their match on June 15th against the LA Force will be played 
at Vendetta Stadium in Batavia, New York. So Flushing Union are going back to Vendetta Stadium. They were impressed with the, the previous crowd and the fans showing up. So now Batavia, New York is going to get another shot. They want to give those opportunities another chance to, to see soccer. This is great. Now, the rivals, AC Syracuse Pulse, they announced a new signing a week ago that they have signed goalkeeper Danny Gagliardi. Uh, Gagliardi had recently played with FC Tulsa in the USL Championship last year. Before that, he was with Fort Lauderdale CF in USL League One in 2020. And I also found out that he was also an MLS Super Draft pick in 2020 by the Vancouver Whitecaps. Now let's recap all the action that happened in East Nation this past weekend. All right, everyone, let's take a look at Nisa Nation and check out all the action that happened this past weekend. On Saturday, we had Deportivo Lake Mary taking on Club de Leon FC, but this match was postponed due to inclement weather. And the two clubs have said that a makeup date will be announced at a later date. New Jersey Alliance FC of course, was awarded a 3-0 victory against Boston Athletic SC due to a forfeit. As I mentioned earlier, in the news section of the show, Boston Athletic SC, due to their, their situation, had to forfeit all the remaining matches for the remainder of the spring season in the Northeast region. Winter Haven United FC and Atletico Orlando played to a 0-0 draw and I checked both social media pages just to see. Um, but uh, they just had like the starting lineups. And then I know Nisa Nation usually updates their scores on Sunday and Mondays. So I did see that it's now listed based on the table here as a nil-nil result. So both teams will share the points in that one. And then the other match that happened on Saturday, Albion SC Delaware and Allentown United FC. Allentown United FC won this game 5-0 over Albion SC Delaware. And then the matches on Sunday, we had Alicos FC USA Rush taking on New York Braveheart SC. That match ended in a 2-2 draw. And the other match we had was FC Golden State Force. Absolutely crushed 40 ID 11. 8-0. That's right. You heard me right. 8-0 in this match. Sam Ashton scored a hat-trick in this game. Chris Rebet and Donovan Bravo scored two goals. And Edu Ferreira got one goal in this match. The other matchup was Union SC taking on Atlantic City FC. Union SC won 1-0 against Atlantic City FC. And then the final matchup from Sunday was Capo FC against Las Vegas Legends. Capo FC defeated Las Vegas Legends 3-1. So if you took a look at the table in Nisa Nation, for the Florida region right now, you have Atletico Orlando leading with 16 points. 
But Club de Leon FC is right behind them in second with 13 points, and they also have two games in hand against the leaders. In the Northeast region, New Jersey Alliance FC, the defending champs, still on top with 18 points. But right behind them is Union SC. They are in second place with 15 points. And third right now is Allentown United FC with 13 points. The Pacific region did not play any matches this past weekend. But if we take a look at that region's table, Battleborn FC leads with six points, while AFC South Bay and San Francisco Elite Metro are in second and third, respectively, with three points, while AFC Salino is at the bottom of the table with zero points. And then finally, in the Southwest region, FC Golden State Force is on top with 16 points based on goal differential. They've scored 20 goals, while the team right behind them, Capo FC, is tied in second with 16 points, but their goal differential is at plus 10. So FC Golden State has a plus 10 goal differential against the second best team in that region. While Las Vegas Legends are just outside in third with 15 points. And that is my recap on all the action happened in Nisa Nation this past weekend. Now, let's get on to my final thoughts. All right, for my final thoughts, it's going to be a two-part. So the first part, I'm going to talk about my match preview for this Wednesday's midweek matchup between Michigan Stars FC against Bay Cities FC. And then the second part will be just sharing my experience about Chicago House and their home opener against Steel City FC as they are now playing their games now in the Midwest Premier League. Now, for Wednesday's matchup, we have Michigan Stars FC hosting Bay State's FC. Now, Michigan Stars, their last game was on May 14th. They got a 2-2 draw against AC Syracuse Pulse. And Michigan Stars... Did not play this past weekend, but getting ready for Wednesday's games can be at home, second home match of the season. And the Michigan Stars, look, they know they now have an opportunity, especially with Maryland Bobcats FC losing three in a row. And they want to keep up with Chattanooga FC and give them some, some space in that third seed spot in the East Division for the playoffs. They want to start winning games. And I know Trevor Banks, pretty sure, has been pushing him to get that. But Bay Cities FC, they've been on good form. They've won three out of their last four matches. And without Anthony Orrande, he did not play in the last couple matches due to injury. And Bay Cities FC has been playing well under Coach Anders Perez. And, you know, Bay Cities, they got on this long road trip from California to Maryland and then going into Tennessee later this week. But this is a tough one, guys. I really thought this was going to be a, uh, a draw. That's what I was kind of leaning towards. But I'm actually going to go with Bay Cities FC 
getting a 2-1 win over Michigan Stars FC on the road. And Bay State is going to keep this momentum going because, look, they know they're right behind the Cali Nice Strikers FC, and they want to make a push to try to see if they can get that first-round bye in the playoffs. And Bay State knows these next couple games, they beat Maryland, and they can get a result against Michigan Stars and get three points. And Chattanooga FC, another tough team, but if they can get through this and inch a little closer to the Cali Nice Strikers FC, I think it's going to – make the race in the West Division for that top spot really interesting. So that's what my prediction. Bases FC getting a 2-1 win over Michigan Stars. Now, let's talk about my experience at Stewart Field at Illinois Institute of Technology for Chicago House AC's home opener in the Midwest Premier League against Steel City FC. Now, for me, it was basically like a house reunion. That's the best way I could describe it. Because got to catch up with Peter. Will, I haven't seen him in like six months. I got to check in on Chuck. He was our team historian. Enrique, he was doing some partnership, uh, sponsorship deals. And catch up with Sal. He was our community engagement manager. So that was cool catching up with those guys. I also got to catch up with Tom Arson. Tom Arson, in case you didn't know, he did uh, – videography for our home matches last year at Seagate Stadium. So anytime you see those sight and sound videos, that's all from Tom Artisan. Now, he was there doing some stuff in the Midwest Premier League, which I didn't know he was doing content stuff for the Midwest Premier League as a freelancer. So I thought that was really cool seeing stuff that he's doing. And speaking of Tom Artisan, look, if you guys still haven't seen his video he did, for the Las Vegas legends and on Eric Winalda and that story, like guys, what are you waiting for? You, you got to watch it. It's really good. And Tom Arneson, I've seen some of his work that he did with Edgewater Castle FC. That's where he was prior to working with us in the house last year and now doing stuff on his own with the Midwest Premier League. You got to check out his stuff. It's, it's, it's really good. And yeah, guys, it was basically good to catch up with everybody. Uh, the game was a bit delayed because they had, streaming issues with their broadcasts so they were working that out but and i was stuck in the green line at the time trying to get to the stadium but made it didn't miss anything and got to watch the whole game i even got to participate in the uh crossbar challenge during halftime so that was pretty fun the result didn't go the way with shot house they ended up losing that match one nil but it was good to catch up with everybody and I also, you know, got some updates on some players that I was just curious about what happened. Because other than the ones you guys know about that have signed with other teams, there are some players that haven't signed with anybody. So I was just curious of what happened to them. So one was Woj, Wojciech Wojci. What, what's he been up to uh, since everything that's happened with the house? And I reached out to Wojciech Wojci. He's currently playing for AAC Eagles in the UPSL. So he's playing there this summer, but he's also coaching – the youth teams in the area here in Chicago. And I know when I was working with Woj, that was his thing, working with a lot of the youth kids and uh, youth clinics and getting involved with that. I know he's a big fan of, you know, coaching young kids. And, you know, I can see Woj. I know he's trying to figure out what to do next, but I'm pretty, I can see Woj, you know, coaching like youth teams and, and soccer and stuff like that. I can definitely see Woj do that. So that was an update I got on Woj. Another one was 
Mike Novotny. I was like, what happened to Mike Novotny? Haven't seen him in a while. And he is retired now. So he, after doing so well for Chicago House in their inaugural season, he retired. So he is now in Southern Illinois. The backup goalkeeper for Chicago House, Joel Sereno, he went back to Puerto Rico. So he's playing for a team in Puerto Rico. And then um, Kaz, Michael Kozelik, he was actually at the game. I got to catch up with him too. And uh, I was asking him, like, hey, what you been up to, man? And he's like, yeah, I retired from the game. And now I'm doing uh, stuff at uh, this job in Schaumburg now. So that's really cool that he's been up to doing that. And then I don't know about Louis Bennett and David Abner, what they've been up to. As far as I know, they're still involved with Chicago Kicks, helping them out with the youth kids there. And Leo Acosta, I know he was playing indoor soccer, but I'm not sure what he's been up to lately. So I got a few updates on some of those guys. But it was also cool to connect with so and Kim, A.R., Smith, Musa Morris, and Damon Almazan. Of course, those four players are the remaining guys that were part of Chicago House's inaugural season last year. So they're playing with the house now in the Midwest Premier League. So I got to catch up with them, got to catch up with Matt Poland, the head coach of the team now. And, you know, they're just getting through it, hanging in there, doing the best they can and, you know, figuring out what's next. But it was just good to see them play. We had a pretty decent crowd out there too to see them. And it's great. Now, I know they didn't play this past week in the Midwest Premier League. They are – going to be playing Edgewater Castle. They're going to be on the road playing Edgewater Castle this weekend. I won't be at that game because I have to work at Under Armour, but I will try to be at their next game when they play Rockford FC at home on June 10th. So I'm going to try to make it to that one. So, yeah, that was basically giving my final thoughts. But one more thing before I wrap the show today, I just want to give another shout-out. There's been a lot of shout-outs on this show today. I just want to give another shout-out to Flower City Union. Uh, I just saw on Twitter that they tweeted that they they were doing a non-perishable food drive as a partnership with Feed More uh, Western New York to help Buffalo after the tragedy that happened a couple weeks ago with the, the shooting. And they wanted to step up and help their neighbors over in Buffalo. So they just tweeted that, they got 366 pounds of non-perishable foods that were donated as part of that. So they thanked all the fans for the food drive and helping out the community for Buffalo. And I just want just to give Flower City Union and their staff uh, and players uh, and coaches a shout out for doing that for the city of Buffalo. So that's great. Great to see that. And with that, now I'll wrap up the show. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude today's episode of Nice Today FC Podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on my Twitter page um, at JT underscore Taylor 88, but you can also reach out on our social media handles. Speaking of social media handles, if you like the show and want to keep up with the latest updates, 
You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Nisa underscore Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. You guys enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you next time.